Mitsubishi. What is up, bros? Anybody care to lax? Welcome back to the Crease Dive. Today is Friday, August 9th. It is week nine of the PLL season. The boys are heading to San Jose, which uh, it's kind of like a seems like a random location to hit, especially in year one of the PLL. But I mean, I guess uh, I guess the Bay Area is a hotbed in the making. So, Jake, how you feeling heading into week nine, coming out of the bye week? So it's it's been a while, but I mean, do do you ever go? Okay, here's here's how I'm feeling today. You ever get really excited about having a nice lunch? You're like, ah, oh, I'm going to go to this place. Like, this is fucking great. And you go, and it's just not how you remembered it. And you're like, fuck. Like, that kind of ruined my whole day. Like, I was thinking about it all morning. That's where I'm at right now. I'm what like, you, I'm still mad about lunch. What were you trying to get? Oh, I was just trying to get like this, you know, there's this, there's this kind of like beach Mexican place in, in, you know, downtown where I am. And I was just trying to get some like, you know, some some rice and some lettuce and some onions and shit and, and maybe some shrimp and some chicken like all in a nice bowl right and first of all they forgot the chicken and there were way too many onions so now i looked like i felt like fucking spongebob in that episode where he ate all the onions just like murdering people with my breath it just i mean i'm, I'm upset it ruined my day but i'm, I'm you know a, i'm a we're big on the mics. i'm a big red onion guy so yeah I don't, they were red onions i don't know if there could ever be too many um yeah, that's that is always a, luckily the uh luckily it's just an, an audio uh podcast so you know the other senses don't really come into play here so there's no smell involved so you're you're in the clear. Yeah, there's no scratch and sniff for this podcast although if it would be it would be like old gloves and then definitely some red onion in there. Uh maybe like a um like like the end of practice, it started to rain. So they're not like soak gloves, but they're definitely wet gloves. And then you go home and like, as you're driving home, it's like pouring rain. So you get home and you're like, ah, fuck. Like, I don't even want to grab the equipment from my car. I just want to sprint inside. So then you leave the gloves in the bag, in the car uh, overnight. And then, you know, you have to leave for work or school or whatever. The next day you jump back in your car and you're like, good God, like this smells like a goddamn travesty in here. And then, you know, you have to put those gloves on later in the day too, for the next practice. And you know that they're going to be nice and moist when you put them back on. So that's a, yeah, that seems like a rough day for you. It's uh, it, it seems like a minor inconvenience, but those are the kind of things that will keep you up at night and not only ruin your day, but potentially ruin your life. Yeah, I mean, and any I will let any minor inconvenience just absolutely ruin my day, my week, my month, and my year. Like you know, twenty nineteen is completely just shot after you know most minor inconveniences. But we're on the mics, you know, can't complain. You know, going to get to talk shop a little bit, so you know, we're going to make the most of it. You know, I you've you've got me in the mood now though to complain a little bit because um, it is so it's fun to complain. It's uh, cathartic to complain is is that the word i'm looking for it feels good now there hasn't been a ton that has gone on in the world of lacrosse since we've last talked uh you know so there was the bye week in the pll um the mll they obviously had some oh my god dude the fucking new york lizards holy shit they suck yikes good god they're so fucking loaded and they got shit it was like 24 to 7 um so I'm sure that they don't want us talking about them right now. So we might as well just move on. For, so, you know, PLL bye week, um, MLL, we have teams with like just a loaded attack lineup getting fucking whacked. Um, 
So not a lot going on in the world of lacrosse, not a lot going on in the world of sports, you know, in general, which means that people on Twitter just need to find something to do to keep ourselves busy. Um, you know, so if you're on Twitter, chances you've, you've seen about a million tweets about feral hogs lately, or you've seen about a million tweets with just like uh, a bunch of lunch tables, whatever. The one thing that, that I would love to complain about Lacrosse Twitter has been acting a fool recently with the with the overrated underrated list. Um, I I just want to say that I I liked so many of you people way better before you started putting out these overrated underrated lists. I mean, there have been some answers uh, with this. I guess it's I mean it's not a meme. I guess it's just well, like a tr- Twitter trend or some shit like that. Um, there have been some people just saying some absolutely ridiculous, downright criminal shit uh, with with these tweets. I mean, I'm I'm talking. You know, I'm trying to think about some of the worst ones that I've seen. Um, oh, I, I I got one off the top of my head. Somebody said the Avengers are overrated and rolled jeans are underrated, sir. That's criminal. Yeah, and like I've never even seen. The Avengers, but the fuck, like, what? Well, all right. So I've never. I'm. I'm not a huge like comic. Are you that? Are you that much of a journalist that you just you you got your head in the in the lacrosse books and the hockey the hockey games all fucking day? Is that the only thing you watch? You got fucking film on all day. Is that what it is? Yeah, I mean, I gotta I gotta keep track of the stats. I can't be going wasting three hours in the theater watching the Avengers. But like, even as a guy who like hasn't watched any of the Avengers movies, I'm not gonna go and say that they're overrated because dude, they make like billions of dollars. So like, if you don't like it, it's like whatever. But that does like overrated means like. Overrated means that people would be like, this is the greatest shit ever. And then it makes like a couple thousand dollars at, at the box office. Like that's like a, the Avengers is like a billion dollar industry. So you can shut like, even as a guy who doesn't watch, I know that you're dead wrong on that. Um, who I, I think, I think Deemer class had, had some, I might need to pull these ones up. I think the biggest issue I, I have, and this isn't just lacrosse people in general. This is just like the internet is they take these things like uh like let's say the unpopular opinion threads right so like if, if, again if you're on twitter you're probably familiar like the unpopular opinion threads and then people say opinions that aren't fucking unpopular they're like pretty like well agreed upon opinions to have like no one's going to argue with you um but so like you just say some shit that's like, yeah, like everyone fucking agrees with that. That's not an unpopular opinion. You're just getting a ton of retweets because it's, it's like a, a trend. Um, the same thing for like the overrated underrated list. I feel like a lot of people have been putting some things on these lists that it's like, well, dude, like, like, yeah, it's, it's overrated, but so many people are saying that like it's overrated at this point that it's not even rated at all. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't know. They're, I've, I think we just need more lacrosse being played because I'm getting very upset about these stupid fucking lists on Twitter. Um, and, and that it's probably not a great look for me, but, um, I just, I just need people to stop talking about lists and hopefully we, we have some highlights coming up this weekend that we can just all move on from it. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, it's a slow week when we've got all the boys on Twitter, just absolutely. Um, you know, absolutely, uh, 
just throwing out pretty obvious takes. Like, uh, you know, I mean, my man, RJ, um, he said that uh, The Bachelor is overrated. Now that assume that assume I mean, how many episodes of The Bachelor you watch, RJ, to to understand that it's truly overrated. I mean, it seems like you're telling on yourself there. But also, he said Ranch is underrated. That seems very very obvious. That's like that's a that's yeah, a layup. People like pe- people like bathe in Ranch. Um, oh, yeah, De- I, all right, Deemer class, Deemer buddy, if you're listening right now, which we know you are, this is maybe the worst list that I've ever come across in my life. Overrated. Chick-fil-A. All right. What, listen, I fucking love Chick-fil-A. If, if you don't, whatever, maybe like, that's fine. I'm not going to fight you on that. Cause like, they're like, I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of McDonald's. Like I wouldn't say that it's overrated just because like, again, it's a billion dollar industry. So like, I don't like it. That doesn't mean it's overrated, but whatever. I'm not going to fight you on that reality TV. Sure. Whatever. This is where things get, Garlic aioli, buddy, mm. are you fucking kidding me? Do you not Does have he, a tongue? Do you not did he, have did he a just, Did he eat garlic aioli like every day for like three years or something? Is that maybe that is that? I don't know, man. Like, dude, that shit pops. If, if you don't, I, I just, I, I don't understand how it's like, it's like saying breathing air is overrated. It's like, no, man, you fucking need it to survive. Same goes with garlic aioli. Hiking. Hike. All right, I agree with that. All right, so Chick-fil-A, I'm not going to fight you. Reality TV. Seems sure. obvious. Seems obvious. Like it's, you know, garlic aioli, goddamn idiot. Hiking, yeah, no shit. Like hiking, no one likes, I don't know. I feel like Jake, you might be a, a hiker, but I feel like hiking is like one of those things where it's like, People will put it in like their like Tinder profile. They're like, uh, yeah, you know, I like uh, I like dogs, tacos, and hiking. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, like everyone likes dogs, everyone likes tacos, and like you don't actually like hiking. You're just saying that you like hiking because it makes you seem like you're not like a fat piece of shit who just sits on his couch all day following Twitter trends. Um, but like once you go hiking, it's like, well, what am I doing? I'm just like walking really far and like getting a little dirty, whatever. Uh, cold brew, so dumb, dude. It, if you're not drinking, it, you could have said that. You could have said that five years ago. Five years ago, that would have been a, a, an appropriate take. Like, wh- what are you doing? Right, are you, it's like hot as shit in the summer. Are you out there just gassing hot coffee, psychopath. Um, going home post college. Do do you hate your family? Like, do you? I, I don't even. I don't even know what that means. Um, and then following Twitter trends, which. Well, if you're, if you're, I mean, if you're doing the list, aren't, aren't you, if, if you're tweeting out this list, which is a Twitter trend, hmm. doesn't it make the whole thing a little hypocritical? It's hard to say. So I don't know. It, I, I've, I've just been getting real worked up about these lists. Um, you know, I, and I guess, you know, I, I don't have one of my own either because I, I, I think everything's rated pretty, everything's pretty, the best way to go about life is pretty apathetic about everything, you know? Apathy trumps everything. You, you're just going to have a better time if you just like, just don't give a shit about anything, you know? Except for garlic aioli. I will fight you on the spot if you talk shit about garlic aioli. I mean, that seems fair. You know, a lot of these guys especially in this overrated underrated thing i think it's if 
I'm allowed to say that Chick-fil-A is underrated or sorry, it's overrated. Deemer class is not, he's a middle Maryland kid. Um, he went to Loyola, right? Loyola. He's a Don. He's also a yeah. professional athlete. You can't be a pro athlete and say that fast food is bad. Cause like, well, dude, yeah, like no shit. You're a professional athlete. You don't, you're probably not putting that stuff in, in your, in your system. Right. Like us normal for us beer leaguers. Like, yeah, let me fucking guess a number one, a check, no pick. Although I, I'm coming around on the pickles a little bit, but that's disgusting. You're a, you're a monster. I haven't had Chick-fil-A in a few years. I, 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 it, as the, my point was that I grew up with it because I'm in fucking Georgia. You know, I, I grew up with it. Deemer did not. I know that for a fact. So like the amount of time that he's had it, he is not allowed to say that I've had it for my entire life. And it's, you know, I could make the, the, uh, now if I said crab cakes were overrated, like, uh, I probably, you know, I, I, that's heresy, you know, or, or if I said Maryland football and crab cakes is overrated, they'd pr- I'd probably get, thro- you know, beat up and thrown into a fucking dumpster or something. So, you know, that, that's my problem with it is, is the context of the take. Other than that, there's pretty much like, mm, I, I didn't agree with like 75 to 80%, but like, I, I prefer to argue with people who, you know, I don't know who aren't smart enough to grasp that I'm arguing with them. So like, you know, I, I, I wouldn't respond to any of them, nor would I make them, my, you know, my own. But these yeah. guys are too smart for me. All those, all those Ivy leaguers and Duke guys, they just roast me on the internet. Moral of the story is that there people, people expose themselves over the last couple of weeks in lacrosse Twitter of being absolute psychopaths and just downright horrible people all because of these overrated underrated lists so we're ready for lacrosse to be back in our lives and um it's going to be a busy weekend of lacrosse coming up here not only in san jose for week nine of the pll season but uh it's also going to be a huge weekend on the men's league front so uh coming up this weekend it is the lake placid summit series classic whatever the fuck it's called uh but the lake placid tournament this week and uh i will be up there i'll be coaching with uh team gmh so we'll be playing in the uh in the men's 18 and over gold division dude this team that i'm going up there with to coach like and this is a you know obviously this is an audio podcast so like you can't see the video right now but it's like coach in like big time quotations dude this team is fucking loaded like i'm 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 trying i'm trying to on the team yeah so i so we've got uh so we've got dehoga we've got uh you know kyle long and bubba fairman from maryland uh Bubba, bubba the legend Bubba the legend, uh, Drake Porter from Cuse going to be our tendy. Um, you know, I'm trying to think about some other guys that are going to be on this team. JT Giles Harris, uh, Nakai Montgomery. So this is going to be a fucking squad and a half going up to dude. I feel like anyone who's better than those guys right now, probably playing professional lacrosse. So, um, you know, I expect nothing more than to come back to Philly with, uh, with a championship. Um, but yeah, so if, if anyone else is going to be up in Lake Placid this upcoming weekend, uh, you will see me there just racking up the dubs with GMH. Um, so, you know, pretty pumped for that. And so, you know, it should be a solid weekend. Um, you know, just a, a great tournament 
great location. Um, you know, probably, uh, you know, pro- probably do some, some Herb Brooks speeches, you know, just get the boys buzzing miracle. Not oh, a big for sure. So, uh, you know, that's, that's really, you know, maybe I'll bring some pads just, just on the off chance that, uh, you know, Dehoga decides to, to t- take a day off, you know, maybe for maintenance and, and we need a, you know, a new, a new stud to go in there and just rack up a couple goals at, down at attack. But, um, he's, but he's, uh, he's been in the gym. Uh, he's also been playing box. Um, I saw that and, and I couldn't tell, uh, I see this is the, this is my brain is so small when it comes to Instagram. So he posted on Instagram and it was a picture of a fresh pair of Kyrie's, the Kyrie fives, which I also have. Um, but he made it sound like Ian McKay was going to be wearing them, but Tahoka posted the pick. So I'm not sure who's going to be wearing Kyrie's tonight in their game, but that's a fucking silky move for a box game to throw on the Kyrie's to just shred people. So Somebody say you'll. I mean, somebody will have to tell me tomorrow who was wearing Kyrie's last night in Tohoku Nanakoke's game. But do you have to be a flat earther to wear them? <laughs> I guess you must. You must be. You know, like I. I mean, there was maybe there was a, a little pamphlet that came in the box that I missed or something about you know, you know, now that you're a flat earther after getting a pair of Kyrie fives, like something like that. Yeah, just don't wear these shoes too deep into the southern hemisphere or else you might like fall off. Oh yeah, for sure. Um I don't really know enough science to debunk it, so we'll just we'll just keep going. Kyrie, do you? Um Yeah, so I mean Placid coming up this weekend should be uh should be pretty solid. Uh make sure that you are following along at the crease dive both on Twitter and Instagram. Uh we'll be trying to document the whole weekend up there with that. Uh you know, and then Jake will also be on the ones and twos covering the all the PLL action this weekend in San Jose. Uh luckily it's it's West Coast time. So uh the, the Pacific time. So I think by the time that all the games are done. And Placid, it'll still be enough time to at least maybe catch like the second game on Saturday, uh, you know, and the game on Sunday. So uh, should be a pretty solid weekend. Listen, we've got a uh, we've got a great interview coming up here soon with Joe Nardella of the Whip Snakes. Uh, But before we get to that interview, Jake, I I think we have some uh, questions from the listeners that we've been stockpiling up in our arsenal for couple weeks here so let's uh let's get into some questions here before we get to this interview all right so the first one we had and i mean i asked these a couple weeks ago so i mean there's a couple questions here in here that would have been more relevant during the 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 time that you know they were asked but you know we're gonna we're gonna do what we can um the first one it was the very first question we got which is is perfect for us uh they wanted way too early 2020 college lax predictions which I'm perfectly comfortable giving. Uh, yeah, I would. So 2020, <laughs> thinking about, um, dude, let's just even go crazy. Let's just go like 2021. 20, um, yeah. I mean, I, I just want to see, I want to see, I just want to see the transfers work out. Like I want the, I want the transfers to really just cause like optimum chaos in the world of college lacrosse, um, you know, cause I think, you know, cause we saw with, you know, with TD and Yale. So, you know, Yale making it back to the final four, which like that probably would have happened like 
with I mean, that was a loaded team. But, you know, so TD going to Yale and then Yale gets to the final four. Um, so I would love to see, you know, Chris Gray and UNC going up against um, Chase Scanlon and, and Cuse. Um, other than that, I, I think, you know, you can never, can never count out, again, at, at Penn State. They're just going to be running through teams all over the place. Like everyone returns for that team. So Penn State, North Carolina, Cuse, like those are my teams that I would love to see get in there. And if I have to, if I had to pick, you know, a, a fourth to get in there um, to the final four, let's just go with a, uh, you know, let, let's, let's, how about we just have Virginia run it back? I know it's not really exciting to say, but. Yeah, I mean that's not a, a, a that's not super exciting either. I'm not even gonna go as far as you and pick pick four. I'm just gonna say what I'm excited to see. Um, I think a big one. Uh, they, they got a lot of schools with a big freshman class. I think Syracuse freshman class uh, is going to line up pretty nicely. Um, our, our noted friend of the pod, uh, Mikey Diggs, um, his most recent video um, on Brendan. I'm gonna butcher his last name. Aviles. Of Evi Aviles, I don't fucking know. The kid is dirt, uh, and he just graduated. He's going to Syracuse. Um, I mean, it, it's going to be a fun year. Uh, I'm excited to see the transfers too. I'm excited to see how Chase Scanlon lines up, um, especially, and I'm excited to see how Chris Great um, lines up too. Uh, my heels, oh my, I, they have been, they've been North Carolina for for a few years. But I, I mean, hopefully, just Duke loses every game. Um, as we know, I'm not a I'm not a huge Duke fan, but if I had to pick a Final Four, I would say that that would I would pick the same one as you. Um, I'd maybe throw an Ivy Leaguer in there instead of um, Virginia. I just want to see Virginia. I just want to see if if Penn State can score. I want them to get to 30 goals in one game. I mean, they they've got a couple. They got close a couple times, yeah, and like, that's, you know, it's it's becoming more socially acceptable to to shit pump somebody for thirty, especially if they can score like if you let them score like ten, you know, like that's really not that bad. Yeah, like I, yeah, you don't need if it's like thirty to like six, it's like come on, guys, have a heart. But if they score ten against you, it's you you have the green light to go to thirty. Um, so yeah, that's we just Penn State offense. We want the transfers to ball out, and yeah. And then, you know, some freshmen to pop off as well. All right. Let's, uh, next question. Any more brain um, busters? <laughs> this one's, this one is a, is a brain buster. I've actually, um, I've lost a little sleep thinking about it because I'm not really sure what it means. Um, this guy is asking, is five foot five the best height for an attackman? Uh, I mean, I, if, if in terms of, in terms of, best i don't know what we're talking about like no. hey, how listen. many five foot five attackmen do you know will manny uh, <laughs> joey sankey um, i mean uh listen as a as a short guy myself no there's a short guy like we love to convince ourselves like you know it's uh you know it's it, it, it not the size of the dog in the fight fight in the dog, like shit like that. And like, we, we try to like convince ourselves that there are benefits to being small. Um, but I would trade places with the dude who's six, three in a fucking heartbeat. Um, so no five foot five is not the best dude. Think of you're going up again, like maybe in like middle school. Yeah, sure. Five foot five is fine. Um, but if we're talking about like 
Division One or, or professional lacrosse, dude, you're going up against fucking monsters. All right, you don't want to be like unless you're like a, uh, you know, just an absolute like. Uh, I'm trying to think like a, well, from the from the Tampa Bay Doug Martin little yeah, muscle hand. Yeah. So like, unless you're built like that, like a, like a tiny, like tiny as in like short stature, like NFL running back, but you're just thick as could be like a giant fucking meatball. Um, no, being undersized is not ideal. And I mean, maybe he's asking a question because he's like, Hey, I'm five foot five. Like, you know, that's gotta be the best height. Right. Um, I'm five foot eight on a good day and it is not the best height, which is why I'm, podcasting about lacrosse right now instead of playing lacrosse right now yeah see that makes sense um so if if we had to say i would say no um it, it and for a multitude of reasons um if you wanted something if, sir sir if you wanted another question if you wanted a different answer we're not going to give it to you sorry um here's a good one um he, he was asking about multi-sport athletes playing a play okay so there's that. So that's the other thing about Instagram is like they cap how many like characters you can ask in a question. So this guy's question is all chopped up. Play other sports, but lacrosse is a priority or equal effort across the board. Which I mean, which what I think he means is if I'm going to play multi multiple sports, should lacrosse be the one I put the most effort into, or should I put effort into all of them? Seems like you should put effort into all of the sports. Uh, well, I don't know why you would play two sports to half-ass one of them and put all of them into lacrosse. Yeah. I will say that there are high school lacrosse coaches out there that are fucking dead. There are high school, any sport coaches out there that are fucking dickheads. Um, you know, and like they'll be having off season workouts and it's like, well, Hey coach, you know, I've, you know, I'm playing, you know, I'm playing football and you know, we have like, uh, you know, this and that. And it's like, well, you know, like, you know, the teams in here are getting better, uh, you know, so it's your call if you don't want to make it to this off-season workout, but just know, like, the rest of the guys are getting – so it's like, like, the kids should, like, put equal effort into everything you do. Like, it doesn't make sense to half-ass any of it. The coaches, the coaches are fucked. Um, if you're a, a high school lacrosse coach or a high school anything coach and you try to, like, guilt trip a kid into going to, like, some off-season th- shit – when like he's already got other things going on, like you're a fucking prick. Um, so like that's that's the issue. And then like also like the club coaches too, where basically coaches screw up everything because they think that they have like the most important thing in the world going on. And it's like, well, dude, like if you take a step back, it's like you and like the you know twenty kids that play and like their parents, like those people care about it. But like other than that, like take a step back. Like people think about it. Like. Someone in Idaho doesn't give a fuck about what you're doing right now. So it couldn't be that important, right? It's not like you're like changing the world. So if you're a coach, let the kids put equal effort into everything. And if you're a kid, don't worry about if you have a shithead coach who's like, well, I'm not going to play you because you didn't come to this practice in September and our season starts in March. Yeah. You know, I think, I think, you know, it's more telling um, that some of the best athletes in the world you know, the best, the best lacrosse players in the world were multi-sport athletes. Brendan Fowler, three sports. Um, Connor Farrell obviously played football and lacrosse. These guys have the ability to, to do that. Um, 
you know, they're lifetime athletes. They, you know, are able and, and, and they play sports that are, that are, uh, that are helpful. Right. You know, and a lot of face off lacrosse guys were wrestlers, um, footballs in there for, for, you know, kind of bigger guys and keep your legs moving in the off season. I think that, yes, put effort into everything that you're doing. Um, however, you know, if lacrosse is your favorite, like don't, don't feel like you need to fucking play every fucking sport to get into a good college, man. That's not, that's, you know, yeah. I mean, there's going any- to come a time where like you realize like which one you're probably better at. And like, if you're like, Oh, well, you know, if I want to get like, it's like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't play. Eventually like you might want to cut like one sport and be like a two sport athlete golf. If you're playing golf and lacrosse, I don't know, man. Yeah, like I wouldn't play a sport too that's like in the same season. But <laughs> moral of the story, do whatever. Just give it a girl. Like again, the the day's gonna come where you're. Uh, this this is actually a life lesson right here. Where, where the day's gonna come. You're gonna be 27 years old. You're gonna be uh, talking into my talking into a microphone, just talking bullshit about lacrosse and no one's going to give a fuck about what you did in high school or college or whatever. So, um, you know, if, if you think that it's so important that you need to prioritize one sport over the other right now, that's fine. But 10 years from now, probably not. Uh, this is a, this is a, a very interesting question that probably, Man, I, that, there's really not an answer to this one, but it's, you know, who's your starting lineup if you can pick from all players all time? Like, I <laughs> – that's an impossible that's – that's really an impossible question. It's tough, too, because, like, there are so many guys that are, like – they're, like, absolute legends. Um, but it's, like, I didn't watch them play, so, like, I'm not going to sit, like uh, – Rick Beardsley. We didn't watch Rick Beardsley, Beardsley play. Uh, like even like even like a like a, a Mike Watson, like I didn't watch him growing up. Um, you didn't watch Petro play. I didn't watch know. Petro play. Jim Brown. I didn't watch. But like all these guys, like so, like that's the thing. You get yourself into trouble with these types of questions because, like, you know, you say like, uh, you know, like let's just say like Casey Pat or you know Casey Pal, so and so and so and so, and then someone's like, oh well, like why did you fucking pick? you know, like Mike Watson or something. It's like, well, dude, like, I don't know, man. There's like a hundred great lacrosse players. I wasn't, you told me to pick a starting lineup. Like I would, so I hate those questions. Um, I don't hate, I don't hate the person for asking it, but it's, it's just, those questions go nowhere because no, it's, they really don't. Cause it, all they do is they just, they, they start up uh, an argument and then no one is, it's an argument that like no one really cares about like that much, but then like some person will come in and like care a lot. And it's like, oh, man, I don't want to have this conversation. So um, I'm just going to leave it at that. But I don't know if I had to pick one lacrosse player though, to like watch for the rest of my life. And like, that was like the only one, like I would go Mikey Powell. Fair for me. It would be Lyle. I could watch Lyle play for pretty much ever. Just he's, silky and like there's absolutely no i mean the stuff he does is basically just like freestyle um moving on this one was funny analysis of jim brown's scorecard work during the all-star game that man was i'm not sure if his eyesight is all there the dude's a legend let me let me absolutely let me let me be clear this man 
is a legend of the sport, of multiple sports, one of the best athletes ever to walk the game or to, to walk the earth. That man should not have been out of there, out there judging the all-star game because <laughs> he couldn't he, – I don't think he could see. And then his – I suppose it was his daughter was helping him pick out scorecards that were similar to what else was going on next to him and which was great. It was great to have him there and everything. But I, I'm not sure that his eyesight was all there to be able to see – you know, what was actually going on. So Jim Brown, uh, I love you, man, but I think they, I think they might've done you dirty with that. Except you set you up for failure. Listen, back in his day, he wasn't out there just slap dicking around. Like he was, he was out there on a lacrosse. If he was on a lacrosse field, it was to destroy the other team, put the ball in the back of the net and get a win. It was none of this. Just everyone having a fucking big old circle jerk doing skills competitions, this and that. It's like, no, we're here to win, and 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 we're here to destroy an opponent. And so, like, maybe maybe that's the thing. Maybe his eyesight is all there, but he's just like, no, this isn't this isn't what I want to see. This isn't the lacrosse that I know and love. It's like you guys should be hitting each other out there. You guys should be inflicting damage, and I'm not going to be a puppet in in your little tea time. So definitely not. Well, I think we can we can round. I mean, we can round out the 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 question uh, experience with this last one, and it's somebody asking if we had any crazy coach stories. Um, I don't know if you want to start. I, I don't really. I, I don't really have one. I'm trying. I, have to... a, I, I mean, I, I know I know of something I could talk about. Is I, I had a I had a coach in high school who was like the offensive coordinator, um, and he. Uh, very sharp guy. Um, we, I, I remember distinctly, we, we went up against a team that was extremely, extremely good um, for all my Georgia players. The, it was Lassiter way back in the day. Good team. And we absolutely were kicking the shit out of them and we shouldn't have been. Um, and uh, <laughs> the coach is like, you know, way down on the sideline where he shouldn't have been, you know, he's about, you know, goal line, even with the, with the goalie and the goalie throws a terrible, their goalie throws a terrible clearing pass. And he goes, Oh, Hey, that was a nice one. Like just chirps him. And the goalie just turns around and fucking starts beating his stick on the goalpost, just screaming at the coach. Like he absolutely just lost his mind. Um, and, and, but that was his thing. Like he, he, he would throw in a nice little chirp every now and then, um, you know, I didn't have any like psycho coaches or anything like that. Most of them were pretty down to earth. Um, but, but that coach, uh, he did like to throw in a chirp every now and then. Yeah. I mean, so like my coaches in high school, great guy, like love all of them. Um, but like, it, I, I, it just, <laughs> trying to get yourself in trouble here. It's, it's just that may, it like, it wouldn't fly in like 2019. Right. So like, again, you have right. to, you have to remember this was, this was a different time. Like you didn't have like parents like over there crying, like, Oh, little Johnny doesn't get enough playing time and I'm going to sue the school because you know, I think that he's the best thing ever. Like, no people were, were normal back then. You could fuck around and have a good time and no one was going to get sued or, or no one was going to get offended. So anyway, so my coaches in high school, so like we would, you know, we, we would go away to like, you know, play against teams like Baltimore or something like that. And then we'd also, um, you know, we, we'd play summer together. So like most, you know, kids grow up, they play for like a club team in the summer and shit like that. Like we just stayed together as a team. And like, so we went all to all the, uh, 
the summer tournaments as a high school team. So like champ camp and shit like that. So, you know, we were together all the time. So when we're on the road, you know, most, most teams, you know, they have, uh, you know, the, the coaches say, all right, like, you know, everyone be in bed by like 11, we're going to put tape on the doors. That way no one can get out. Shit like that. Classic, 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 not, not necessarily what we had going on because so like our coaches, they would go out at night. So they would go out and they would get fucked up, <laughs> dude. They good for them. So so they they would be out there just you know we're we're away for you know a Friday Saturday night, and then so most times you know coaches they go around they do some some door checks make sure everyone's in their room. So like they would do that, except they'd be fucking hammer drunk. So they would rip up. So like every time you're you know you're like all right like I need to be like back in my room by like 11 get some shot but you're not even close to going to sleep because you know that when the coaches are coming around doing room checks they're going to rip open that door and then they would come in and it'd just be a wrestling match so these coaches would just come in and just wrestle all the kids so like you'd be, you know you'd be in there with like your like two other roommates and it'd be like you know like 11 15 you're like you're you're like in there like taking like scoops of pre-workout you're like all right like these fuckers are coming in they're gonna be hammered it's gonna be a wrestling match like we gotta be ready we gotta be on our toes it's like 11 15 yeah yeah at the lights like you have the lights turned out you got like one of the kids hiding under the bed just because you know you're gonna need that sneak attack coming a little bit later and then these coaches just rip open the door run into the room start beating you up not beating you up like they're not like it's not child abuse guys all right so like if any of you parents are out there being like oh my god i can't believe that they had child abuse back then it wasn't child abuse it was everyone was cool with it the parents were all cool with it too the parents all the parents were out drinking with the coaches so but they would come in and and they would just it'd just be a wrestling match for like a few minutes and then they'd be like ah shit like i'm too drunk for this and then they'd move on to the next room so we won a lot of games too so that's uh you know (laughs) So that's, we, we had a, we had a, a pretty solid high school team and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's because our coaches just would get in one and then like everyone, again, it, it was, everyone was ready to rumble the whole, if, if we were away on a tournament, everyone was ready to rumble because we had to rumble during room checks. So, um, maybe that's just Philly lacrosse. Right. I mean, that's what it sounds like. And I mean, what, what more can you ask me that I'm, I'm almost jealous that I didn't experience that from uh, in my high school lacrosse experience. So, damn, maybe I should have, uh, you know, maybe in a different life. You yeah. <laughs> you think uh, you think like Dom Starja is doing that to the guys in the PLL? No, Andy Towers. Oh, Andy yeah. Towers is absolutely guy. You know, I'm imagining Andy Towers putting like Connor Fields in a fucking headlock or something. <laughs> it's, just, it's just saying, "Fake me out now, Connor. Fake me out now." You know, something like that. But uh, uh-huh. that. that I'm sure. I'm sure Towers is is absolutely clowning those boys. Maybe that'll be on uh, NBC Sports Gold. We'll, we'll get the, oh, yeah. some some behind the scenes footage of Andy Towers doing room checks with the boys and then just beating the shit out of them. Um, yeah, that's a all right. That's a, that's a good question to end on, and that'll bring us right into our interview with face-off specialist and all-around beauty Joe Nardella from the Whip Snakes. All right, and with us right now, we've got from the Whip Snakes, Joe Nardella, the Nard Dog. He is a face-off specialist, 
but a goal scorer as well. So uh, what, what do you got here? Three tucks on the season. So uh, take that, all you face-off haters. Joe, thanks for hopping on the podcast with us. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. That's three in the last two games. So hopefully we're we're trending in the right direction. Didn't bury any uh, early on in the first half of the season. Been lucky enough to get a few opportunities these last couple weeks. So it's nice to be in the scoring column, contribute there as well. You know, Shut all those face-off haters down. Yeah, I don't think that there's anyone in the world who loves scoring a goal more than faceoff guy. Like, like a pole goal, like those guys get pretty hype about it. But like again, they're shooting with like a six foot pole, so it's like exactly. it's like it's like big whoop. Like you, like anyone can do that. Um, goalie goals only happen every so often when Blaze decides to run out of the cage. So I, I think in terms of guys who score and just get so fired up, uh, faceoff guys, it, it's like a kind of like an O-lineman scoring a touchdown. So it's it's fun to see for the most part until you guys get a little bit too much confidence. Yeah, and then the shots get a little ambitious. But I think not only do we get fired up, the team gets pretty fired up, and that's why it's such a momentum swing sometimes. Well, you know, I, I do. we do really appreciate the, the, the offensive production and showing that the kid showing the kids out there that you know the you don't have to just be a fogo right you can you can be an offensive threat too um i think that's really changed in the past few years um personally because i i don't know anything about facing off i'm a defenseman i i you, you couldn't fucking tell me something and i would i would <laughs> understand it i just know the basics right so how do you see it going forward in the PLL being a faceoff guy? You think you see guys like Connor Farrell, Trevor Baptiste, you know, putting, you know, contributing one, two more tucks a game, or do you think, you think, are they staying on for an offensive set? Are they running through with you guys or, or, or is it more, uh, or is it more going to be like, you know, kind of what it is? They, they break off on in transition and dunk. I think it's some of those, like, yes, you get your traditional pinch and pop in and out. Like maybe a guy times the whistle up, goes down, no slide, shoot, and score, but I think you see it a little more in actually the tie-up situations as those wing guys are kind of coming into the dot, the face-off guys are going out the opposite direction, and those are where you get the, the clean breaks or fast breaks you see in transition. But I would say it's probably going to stay similar to how it is now unless they lessen the shot clock. I think even in box where it's 30 seconds, not a lot of the guys are staying on and playing offense. They may play a little bit of D, um, I know I'm, I'm a little interested in the box game. I've been wanting to play for a while. So all the GMs that I've spoken with are saying you're playing defense, but I think maybe in the PLL, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, if they did do that 45 second shot clock down the road and you get another dress slot and there's maybe two face-off guys, I don't see why they wouldn't at least want to try to run some two man action because not a lot of those guys are getting defensive reps in practice. I know, we see the other teams practice. Most of the faceoff guys are doing stuff on their own, similar to college. Yeah, I mean, faceoff guys. They again, though, it's it's just this weird confidence thing. Where once they get themselves going, oh, that, yeah. like it's it's all all of a sudden, like their ears just shut off, and they don't hear the coach saying to you know sub at the midfield line. And I don't. It it does set a bad precedent for guy like beer leaguers like myself. You know, guys who are just playing in men's league now, like. You'll have a men's league faceoff guy who they'll they'll be watching Joe Nardella stick a couple in in the PLL. And again, it's like, buddy, like you're playing men's league right now, right? So you you can't do that. But then they win a faceoff clean going the other way. They end up skying one like 
Ball goes like oh, yeah, they ball, got ball goes like fifty yards in the woods, and then <laughs> like we're we're all beer league attackmen, so no one's chasing shots, so we're not, not getting that chance. possession back. Oh, and no. then all of a sudden, it's going the other way, and it's like, come on, man! Like if if you were scoring goals after you know winning a clean break forward, you'd be playing in the PLL, you'd be taking faceoffs against Joe Nardella. So um, you know, I, I do. I'm a little bit worried about the. You're you're probably a great role model for kids growing up who want to get to that level, but you are an awful role model for beer leaguers. I agree, and I think it's funny you say that because I had a kid shoot me a message. I posted like a story of the clip on Instagram of the goal, and some kid goes, "Did you determine you were going down and shooting before the faceoff?" And I said, <laughs> "Absolutely not. I nobody slid, so I almost had to shoot. The, the attackman shooting from the point is a way higher percentage shot." And he goes. I hate so much that you're right. <laughs> Real That's quick, so true. That's so true, though. But well, speaking of though, like making those like decisions, though, like on like a serious note. So like you, you get rid of the ten yards in in the middle of the field there. So uh, you know we've talked to Greg Renlian before, and he said that that kind of makes it a little bit more difficult for him to get a shot off, just because he feels like he doesn't have enough time to you know get there, whether. Bef- before the wings catch up to him or before the, the uh, you know, the point guy playing defense slides over to him. I feel like some of the younger guys though, like we're, we're seeing more like, you know, you taking it down, uh, you know, Connor Farrell, he was able to get his first, like the younger guys who still have those wheels that can get themselves going. Like, do you think that the taking those 10 yards out of the middle of the field kind of helps you being able to get that shot off quicker or is, or is it just I like, think it does because you're in the shooting space quicker. But it's also like you see a lot of the faceoff guys didn't score early on. I think Bowens Kelly had a couple, but none of them were like clean transition looks because similar to like Greg said, it, it was tough those first few weeks making that adjustment from your natural habits of like, hey, I got a few steps once I get clean to get my head up and really make a good decision. Like those situations are just condensed. So it makes it a little bit harder to actually read and react. And what we're really saying here is that, you know, Jordy said it without saying is that Greg's old. That's all that, that that's what he was saying. You know, he could still, you know, br- yeah. he could still rip, rip your spine out of your body if he wanted to, but like he's old. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to shift to a more personal note here. Uh, I, Jordy knows, and I'm a, um, I'm a big, like uh player profile guy. Uh, I've looked through a lot of college rosters and things like that. Are you the most famous lacrosse player from Casanova? We we have to we have to know. I don't think so. I think you got Connor Canizero who had a pretty yeah we had Canizero yeah pretty good high school career. His sister Kara actually was the national championship MVP at North Carolina. Oh. So I don't know if you override that stuff um, over the pro level, but obviously college is still kind of king in our sport. Both men's and women's they get the most notoriety. I feel just because it's a long season, so much press and, and media cover it. Um, so I would say those two, one and two, and <laughs> he's sitting there humbly at three. Yeah, that's a that's a very that's a very humble conclusion to come to. I know that Canizero was like, uh, like he's like 10th all time in points or something stupid like that in the state of New York. Uh, I, I, have no, I have no idea, but yeah, that's very humble of you, Jeff. All the Powells ahead of him. Zen oh, yeah. put up like 700 points playing in uh, Buffalo. Reeves, Reeves is up there, right? Reeves is a New York boy. Reeves is there, yeah. up there. And then Connor Fields had a ton of points too. 
that was more of just a, a personality test for you, trying to see what kind of a face-off specialist you were. Because a lot yeah. of guys, a lot of guys, they could be face-off specialists that you've never even heard of before, but they'll still be like, "Oh yeah, I was the best player to ever come oh, yeah. out of my town." <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, as you could tell, I feel like face-off got your. So right now, you're coming off a little bit more normal than I was expecting. Um, but right. like, actually. What's that? That's that's a common conclusion that I've heard. It's it's yeah, because like I don't know. Every time we bring on a face-off guy here, like I'm just expecting everything to go completely off the rails. Um, you know, that's that's a little bit to do with you know my previous experience with face-off okay. guys myself. Or, um, but I, I want to know from you. So I know that there are some people in the lacrosse community who hate. Uh, trying to like compare lacrosse to other sports. They're like, oh, we, you know, we don't need to do these comparisons. Lacrosse is good enough on its whatever. Shut up. Yeah. I want to know, do you feel because like the thing that I always say, I always think that face-off guys would be kind of like kickers in football, where it's like they're just like kind of they're off on their own during practice. Like, you know, when I'm coaching a high school team, I if I see like a face-off kid trying to come into, you know, we're doing like some six-on-six drills. I'm like, whoa, 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 go, go to the sideline, do some, do some chops, whatever you guys do. Um, so do you see yourselves as as the kickers of lacrosse, or or do you give yourself uh, you know, more more of a I guess less of a I, I don't know, bizarre role? I would say like I wish I could say we're like the quarterbacks because we start every play, but it's not like that. I'm a little more realistic and think I got more perspective. When I tell parents about like what I do, who have no idea what lacrosse is, I equate it to like, hey, we're like a pitcher in baseball or a kicker in football. Okay, it's Pitch, pitcher's yeah. a better one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if pitcher is because if you think of the volume, right? Like baseball, you're throwing way more pitches than faceoff guys are throwing faceoffs. Well, maybe you but guys I, are like a like coming out of the bullpen. Yeah, I don't know if kickers get as many touches as say a faceoff guy does. So I think it'd be somewhere in the middle of kickers and pitchers. But those are the two kind of skills that I equate my teaching to is like, I'm trying to teach something specific within the sport that it's really unmatched by any other position on the field in terms of what they're actually doing. I'd say that's a fair comparison. The only thing, I mean, in terms of volume, I think you could say like, maybe you're like a, like a six man in basketball or something like that, you know, kind of like, you know, Jordan Crawford or something, something crazy like that. Sorry, Jamal Crawford or something crazy like that. Um, so let's, let's pivot to the face-off factory, my dude. Um, how did that idea come to you? Um, how has it developed and what do you see for it in the future? Because I think it's really, it's, it's cool as fuck because when I was growing up, there was nothing like that for Fogos. They had YouTube videos. They could go watch fucking, you know, Greg yeah, post shit on. Yeah, you had nothing. You know, there's, I remember Paul Canabine had like a yep. VHS that I had in high school. <laughs> this guy's the man. Um, so Face Off Factory actually started four years ago when I start, like graduated college. I was thinking about working in New York or something, what most other Rutgers kids do, who kind of do the business school thing. And I got drafted by the Cannons and my college coach asked me if I had any interest in coaching or thought about coaching and thought it'd be a great way to continue to play and continue to train and stay involved. And obviously like with, uh, with how competitive division one, like the division one ranks are for jobs early on, I knew if I wanted to be in like a cool market like Boston where I could enjoy the city, like have a lot of friends, enjoy the social scene and play professional, 
that I'd want to get a, a high level job there. And Harvard was kind of a perfect fit. They were in need of a face off coach. But with that being said, like you don't make a ton of money with the volunteer gig in college. So I had to find a way to grind and kind of get some, get a side hustle going. And throughout college, I had coached kids through private lessons, small groups, yada, yada. And I felt that groups are obviously the best way to train because you could teach kids how to go against different styles in one environment. And so I started doing stuff just on weeknights here and there, like parks and free fields I could get in Boston. I was taking the bus home and I started out with two, three kids for the first month. Those kids started doing well in some of their tournaments. They tell their buddies, they tell their parents, they all tell their friends. And now I got four years later, 30 to 40 kids coming to my sessions every Monday night. And the past couple of weeks throughout the summer, we're getting 10 plus college kids. So these kids get a great opportunity to see what it's actually like to, to be a face-off guy at that next level. And obviously it's like pretty fun. It's kind of like wrestler style. You just go at each other for an hour, hour and a half, one night a week. And these kids end up getting a lot better. And from there, it's just kind of evolved into doing more coaching around the country. So I get an opportunity to travel, grow the game that I love and meet a lot of new kids and then run events like my overnight camp where we get to bring in kids and coaches from all over the country. And like, I, not only did they learn, but I learned a ton bringing a lot of these other guys in who do things a little bit differently down there at the dot. So it's been a really cool endeavor. I'm continuing to try to make it my full-time focus as, along with playing. And it's been a lot of fun. Like working with kids is just great. And you actually get to make money versus doing something like it's not to hate on teachers. Cause I love teachers, but teaching, <laughs> I, you know, you don't, they don't get paid what they're out, like what they're worth. Yep. You know? Now, do you, uh, do you think that we could ever see a, uh, uh, a face-off factory versus face-off Academy battle Royale showdown where, where we could I, have the, the, I think they might be open to it. That's something I'd love to, run <laughs> they have a ton of really good kids. I think we do too. In the, in the 2020 class alone, I want to say lat this week, we got our seventh division one commit from new england um that kind of trains in our group of guys so i think it'd be awesome we did one actually with the philly face-off league and uh and they beat us last month in june but it was pretty fun those guys drove up we met in connecticut we had a team of 10 so we did five on five you send out one guy at a time um whichever team wins the other team has to send their guy out first so there's a little strategy involved from the coaches too but it was a ton of fun and the kids got a kick out of it. Well, tell you what, we could end up doing a home and home because I, ah, yeah. I, I don't want to get, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but I, I feel like there's, there's a chance the way that things are going, the way that the boys are looking, that we could see the whip snakes down in Philly, September twenty first. So, so I mean, you could just bring your boys back down to Philly, and then there you go, it's, it's set up there yeah, right for you. Have, yeah, beef up my roster a little bit, grab a couple free agents who weren't available the first time. <laughs> a lot of fun get you guys in the mix yeah i uh i i took some i took some draws in fourth grade so i don't want to brag or anything like that but uh you know pinch and pop it's it's looking pretty good it's Um, like riding a bike you you never forget right yeah but you know so i i grew up in the same town as the grenlians so uh you know when when you grow up in this town and your last name isn't grenlian you you don't you don't take face-offs for very long you're so you you just move on to something else. Uh, Joe, did we see you wearing a knee brace um, and then not wearing a knee brace? Yeah, so I actually got rid of my brace two weeks ago. Mike, our uh, our doctor, our PT doctor, was like kind of giving me a nudge. I was like, dude, I'm thinking about kicking the brace. He's like, you got to do it at some point. 
he gave me the bump off the ledge and I've been feeling great without it. feel like I'm a little more agile, a little more quick on my feet. Um, I tore my ACL the very last game, fourth quarter of the 2017 MLL season, which kind of sucked. Um, I feel like I would have had a pretty good chance of, of giving those guys a run for the world games and making that roster for USA. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. And then I rehab came back last year with a brace all season. It just kind of had a comfort with wearing it. Um, you, some people might say I'm a little softer for sticking with it, but my doctor was a brace guy. I'll put it on him. Um, and then I wore it for the first couple games this year. <laughs> Listen, you're, you're talking to Jordy and I, Jordy's done it twice. I've done it three times. So like, I totally understand the, uh, the, the, the hesitation to, to take the brace off. Dude, yeah. It's a, such a traumatic experience for 10 seconds. Yep. You, you snapped your leg in half until yep. you realize we you're Spot and you feel like you can kind of walk, so you get that false hope. Like maybe it wasn't that bad. And then you go get your MRI. And you're like, nope, you're done for eight months. Yep. We actually we need Don Joy. We need to get on the line with Don Joy. Get him to sponsor the pod because right, get him on here. We got three guys. Yeah. Well, uh, listen. I mean, whatever you're doing though has been working for you this season. So uh, you know, I, right now just looking at stat. I mean, second in the league in faceoffs when and, and I mean when you're going up against the names in this league. Like second is is pretty good. Yeah, I know. Trevor's not, had a great year. It's gonna be hard to beat. Yeah, Trevor. Yeah, he's. You know what I mean? Trevor's Trevor's been known to win a couple faceoffs here and there. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you lead the league in ground balls, which I like. That's that's like the biggest badass. Wins Dude, ground I, like, I've come in second a couple of times in win percentage, but I think I've I've led pro lacrosse. This might be the third time if I am fortunate enough to you know finish out with a bunch of ground balls and come in first. But to lead the league in ground balls is kind of that gritty stat that people overlook. Ground balls get you, they sneaky get you paid. Um, so, and and then on top of it all, three goals, four assists. Dude, you're a point per game player in the That's, PLL. That's what my trend's been the past couple of years. I think I had 15 and 15 games last year, maybe one or two more. But yeah, I'm, I'm around a point per game guy once I get going. I wish I got heated up a little sooner, but. So point per game plus leading the league in ground balls, that's a that's a solid coming out party for Joe Narda. I mean, that kind of trumps 66% is is good for Trevor, but like you kind of expect it. So that I mean that that right there, those those are some uh those are some money making stats. That's right. Next year, if we uh if it was a one-year contract, those would be some big negotiation points, you know. <laughs> the board man would truly get paid in, yeah, in that situation. Right. <laughs> Um, have you, so the, uh, I'm sure you're aware during the all-star game, um, and the, and the, the different face-off styles that they had the, the, the puck drop and the things like that. People absolutely lost their fucking minds on the internet because they, they thought it was ruining the game and like all of this <laughs> dumb, sh dumb shit that, you know, the people on the internet have to say, um, how did you feel about it? It looked, it actually looked kind of fun. Um, and if the PLL pivoted to like a puck drop. Uh, well, how would you feel about it? I kind of want to hear what you guys say first. I'm curious. Well, so did you ever play, um, probably like the greatest video game ever made, uh, NHL hits? Yep. I'm like the original Xbox. Yeah. So like, well, like specifically like NHL hits 2002 was the best. Um, but like the puck drop in there where like, depending on what button you like, you could either just like punch the guy, uh, or you could like trip him or do something like that. So I do think. If if they go to the puck drop, it's like 
it it's it is a little bit too street hockey considering it's a ball instead of just a puck so if you just do like a regular clean like puck drop so i do think that and especially considering faceoff guys are psychos to begin with i think allowing like one clean punch um i think would really kind of i i think the faceoff guys would also go nuts for that um you know, maybe not Tr- Trevor. He's been getting a lot of TV spots, so he probably wants to keep the face nice and pretty. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, for, for a ground ball vacuum like yourself, getting nice and gritty out there, I think if they do eventually go to a puck drop, that. but no, I, I don't think that there needs to be anything. that Like, realistically, there doesn't need to be anything that gets changed to face-offs at all. And, like, people who complain about it or say that it's it, like, slows up the game or something like that, it's like, dude, shut the hell up. It's been working so long. Like why, why do you think that it would need to change right now? But for the sake of content purposes, one punch with a puck drop would be ideal. And I think it's funny you bring that up. Cause I think if it was not an all-star game, it would have been a little different. We would have seen them kind of go at each other. Cause I'm sitting there watching the videos. as I'm sure you guys did. And you're like, they're really just going to go at it with their sticks. Like if you're dropping the ball in between me and someone else, and you're telling me I got to get it for my team. The first thing I'm doing is hitting him with some part of my body or my stick. I am not going for the ball. And I think that was more to- that was more telling to like, you know, hey guys, it's an all-star game. Like nobody's yeah. trying to get hurt or anything like that. But like if I'm doing a puck drop and I'm staring down Connor Farrell or Trevor Baptiste, like I'm not I'm fucked personally, but like like it's there's gonna be more elements to it, you know, like the ref has to, you know, vary the cadence of the puck drop and you know. All of this other dumb shit. I, I, I don't. You know, I'm with Jordy. I don't think it needs to be changed. I think it was fun, and I think it was a fun element to see. Uh, you know, like a, kind of a, a modification of you know the game that's you know been more or less the same for the past however many however many years. Um, yeah, I so mean, I, I, though, like I feel like like even the people though that say that it like uh, just doing it like like a like a restart so like the goalie would start with the ball and then like just pull it out of the cage and then go it's like well like i feel like that would get to if, if you're running a like a set clear against a set ride at, at this level i feel like the the, the clears the clears would get snuffed out so quick like like you can get transition when a goalie just makes a popcorn save and then kicks it out and like everyone's still going the other way but like I don't know. I, I feel like if you give teams a look at a set clear, it's like, well, dude, that that's just going to get so ugly so quick. And it's going to take so much time off that like a, like a set ride with that short of time on a shot clock. Like by the time you finally get it over to midfield line, you got like 13 seconds, well, probably less to work with. Yeah. Now think about it in terms of like the college game. You know, there's been good riding teams the past couple of years, like Loyola and Yale. Anytime they're a little bit better than a team or have a little bit better athletes, if you let them just set up their ride, what kind of game are you actually making for? Like, they probably clear under 50% if you let those guys set up their 10-man ride against a team that's inferior athletically. It, say if that team has a better face-off guy and they, and they decide to run a zone defense, now you can talk about making those games actually close and getting the, their coaches involved rather than just one team with a superior ride which I think is dumb. And it would take celebrations out of the game. What kid wants to see celebrations out of lacrosse? Yeah. I, I've, I've always yeah. just assumed like whoever bitches about trying to get face-offs out of the game is most likely a coach who doesn't have a good face-off guy and is, and is tired of getting Fair. fucking worked at the face-off X the whole time. Need to come coach his kids. Yeah. So then it, it's just like, Oh, well like my team's not winning face-offs. Like let's get rid of this. But then all of a sudden they recruited what like, 
not, naming, not, not, not yeah. naming any names or anything, but, like, names, but we've heard that, you know, but there, there's a coach in a town that the PLL was just at where, you know, he ended up recruiting one of the best face-off guys and you didn't really hear him talk about face-offs that much afterwards. So, um, I just think, yeah, it's, if, if you're winning face-offs, you want to keep them in. If you're losing face-offs, you want to get rid of them. Um, and if, if you're anyone who has like half of a functioning brain that can understand reason and rationale, you say, Hey, it's been working for however long the game's been around. So let's just stick with it. I mean, I think the biggest thing, and this will probably be the last thing I say about it. Cause obviously I love the position. It's given me a lot and given me a huge opportunity, but what makes lacrosse so unique is the, the opportunity for runs. And if we eliminate that now it's, it's not even like basketball because basketball, it's like you get hot shooting. One team can make that run. It's with the goalies. It just makes it so much harder to make those runs. If you're not having a lot of possessions or you're having no possessions, you know what I mean? It kind of, I don't know, evens that out, I guess, so to speak. And it, it makes for a game that's a lot more boring or like, you know, what's going to happen with the, the outcomes. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with that. That's a, that's a fair assessment. Um, you know, as far as the rest of the league go, the rest of the league goes, um, how have you enjoyed it? You know, I, I like to ask everybody who we have on here, like, how are you enjoying it? Because the fans, the casual fans, uh, Jordy and I and everybody else, are, we fucking love it. Like, it's so nice, like, to see close games, like, however, you know, the statistic for, like, over, like, almost 60% of the games have been one, you know, one goal. Like, it's exciting. Um, you know, we're seeing our favorite players, you know, absolutely do wild shit, you know, like Marcus Holman pulling up for, for, for two, two pointers in a game. Just it's, it's crazy. So like, how are you enjoying it? And like, how, you know, do you see yourself doing this for a very long time? Dude, I want to play as long as I can. And I've been, I've been absolutely loving it. It's interesting. You guys say that because for like our age group, all of my friends who are, I wouldn't say ever really previously invested in lacrosse at the professional level are finally starting to have access to it and like seeing how cool the game is and what goes on behind the scenes. And the, like my friends love it. Same, same as you guys. They're like, dude, this is awesome. They know the players by name. They know like some of the stuff they're doing though. They know that Marcus Holman had two, two pointers this weekend or that Connor Farrell scored his first goal or was mic'd up, you know? And then there's the younger guys. I work with a ton of little kids and they absolutely love it. They're going bananas for the PLL. They think it's the coolest thing sliced bread. You would have imagined that there was never professional lacrosse before this season. If you talk <laughs> to guys. and they're unwavering, they're saying like, Oh, we love the PLL. Yeah. seems like, uh, that, that seems to be the general consensus. Like when you talk to people off the internet, which like, when you yeah. talk to people on the internet, you're never going to get a good answer. But when you talk to people off the internet, that seems to be the general consensus. Um, the last question I have for you, which it's so like the on on field PLL stuff. Obviously, it's pretty important. That's, that's what the whole league's about. But more importantly, off the field after the games, the nightlife. What uh, what what city so far has has offered the best nightlife post game? And uh, I I am curious to know if the face off guys kind of like in a bar. If if you guys just I I feel like if I'm picturing a night out with a bunch of face off guys, they're probably kind of doing their own thing in the court, and then all of a sudden like like they just start like wrestling at some point. And it's like oh well I could beat you and and then all of a sudden like it's like ah we got to get these guys out of here. But so what city so far has uh have the boys been able to really get in one 
because like being on the whip snakes, our team's pretty tight. Like they've all went to college together. So they got their little games they play when we go out and hang out. And if you have something, if you have a beverage in your right hand, they call bone moose and you got to finish. Like it's a Maryland thing, I guess. But, um, I would like, I loved Boston. However, I think that Baltimore and Atlanta were probably the two best so far. Atlanta is like cool. Cause everyone was kind of hanging out at one spot outside. Um, super nice out. And then Baltimore obviously is like lacrosse town central. So like, everybody knows where the spots are. And I found like you go into a place and you're seeing guys from all four different teams that aren't playing on Sunday, which is pretty neat, you know? And to your point, it does seem the face off guys always find a way to <laughs> think together and congregate and talk about, talk about face offs, but a lot of other stuff, which is kind of cool to see, you know, we all battle out in the field and I think nobody takes it easy on each other. We kind of go for each other's necks when we're going, we're across the line. But I think it's cool that you can go out and have that camaraderie that you guys share, like obviously a common interest, but it's really unique compared to everybody else. Like what you have to go through on like a preparation standpoint, like mentally to kind of prepare and get yourself ready to play in those games against such tough matchups. Do you find yourself out of place with all the Maryland guys with all the Terps? Nah, man, they're awesome. They're <laughs> with open arms. I feel like I'm an easy guy to get along with. Um, and I like to bring the energy and they're, they're all pretty big energy guys. They respect the, like the grittiness of my game that it's not a ton of flash, but I try to get the job done no matter what it takes. So I think they respect it and they've kind of welcomed me in with open arms. And even my boy J Jules who got traded, obviously yep. like, he was right alongside, like they loved him too. And he still hangs out with us and stuff, which is cool. That's good, dude. All right, man. Well, hey, we uh, we appreciate you coming on. And, uh, you know, week eight, we got Whip Snakes versus Chrome uh, in San Jose. One more win, and, and the Whip Snakes, they, uh, you guys will clinch the, the very first playoff berth in PLL history. So, uh, I mean, if we won, I think we, we pretty much would have first place locked up with another win. But yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. We're going to take it to the Chrome on uh, in san jose and i will be seeing you guys in philadelphia come championship weekend hopefully yeah hey uh just uh stick a few more in the back of the net there right i will uh you guys got to come up with the cell you want to see and i got you guys all right that's oh, more boy, of a jake thing he'll, he'll get it yeah let me i'll have to i'll have to go through and just you know uh, i might have to go back in the archives and see what some of the best ones have been and then you know maybe we can modify that i would say eight or lower in absurdness okay all right <laughs> nothing crazy <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll talk to you. All right. Thanks again to Joe for hopping on with us this week. You can catch him and the Whip Snakes as they take on the Chrome. That'll be Saturday, 4 p.m. Pacific, so 7 Eastern. But before we get to that game, uh, it's, it starts off Saturday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. The Redwoods versus the Chaos. This is a rematch of, uh, I believe, it was the uh, it was Chicago week. The Chouse take down the Chaos twelve eleven. Actually, all these games are um, all these games are going to be uh, sequels to one goal games. So, I, I mean, that's that's been pretty much the the mo of the PLL all season long so far. They've you know for the most part have been uh, super tight, except for you know a couple shit pumpings here and there. Um, but so all these games were one goal games the first go around. So it should be a pretty wild weekend. But we've got Redwoods taking on the Chaos. 
at the time that we are recording this right now, uh, the lineups aren't out yet. I have to imagine that I haven't heard anything about like Miles Thompson or uh, Josh Byrne. So, so I, I think maybe they, they should be back um, in time for this game this weekend. Again, so it's, you know, it's Tuesday night when we're recording this right now. So things will obviously change. I'll either, you know, I might sound like a, an idiot by the time that this podcast comes out. Um, but so I, I think, you know, with the, you know, the, the first time that these guys played, I don't think that, uh, what's his name, that, that Jules was with the, uh, with the Redwoods yet. So, I mean, this is going to be a game that's going to be, you know, pretty flashy on both ends of the, you know, of the offense. I mean, yeah, we're got, so we got a couple sequels just in one goal game. So I'm sure there's, uh, uh, we do this every week. We're like, ah, uh, let's talk predictions. And then we're like, you know what? These games are going to be fucking close, just like they are every week, um, which I think is, I think is fair. I, you know, I think that as, um, you know, respected members of lacrosse media and sports media, we have to um, point out the obvious. I think that's a responsibility. Um, I, I will have to say that – I will have to say that doesn't – that's not even a good sentence. I, I think I might, might be having a brain hemorrhage. Um, I do have to say that I like the Chrome Whip Snakes matchup um, – only because I think the Chrome have really come into their personnel as of late. Um, I think that's a very interesting matchup. I think that the Chrome could, uh, I mean, if they get out there and start, you know, dropping bombs like they have in the past two, three weeks, uh, again, you know, there's been a bye week and things like that. But I think that, you know, they could make that Whipsnakes game a lot closer than, um, than you know, the Whipsnakes might accept. Um, or how, how big might, of a role do you think that uh... – Wearing white socks, finally, will we'll play. So you I, know, if, they, if they come out wearing the pink socks or anything different, like black socks on white cleats, like the, I mean, I, I won't root for them. There's not a chance. Um, if they come out there with the, um, with the absolutely just icy white fits with the chrome buckets and the white cleats, like I'm, I'm all for it. Like I'm, I'll, I'll be a chrome fan that day. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, so, I'm not. So if you guys are listening, like I, which I know you are, you know you know, be wise to this. Now the, the one thing that does scare they, so they wore white socks, not, well, obviously not last week cause it was a bye week, but the, the last week of the season. Um, and they did end up losing to the archers. So, I mean, they looked great, but, um, you know, the, the white socks didn't necessarily bring them the best fortune. With that being said, the archers were coming off of four straight losses. So it's like, I feel like if they were playing any other team besides the Archers that week, they would have ended up with the dub, but the Archers weren't going to lose five in a row. Um, like I'm, I'm looking back at the scores right now, which thankful shout out to uh, PLL because they, they've updated the website. So now it's so much easier to find all the previous scores. Dude, there are only five games so far this season. So we're what we're entering week, week nine. no, Week eight, week nine. I think it's week eight. Week eight. I think I've been saying week nine this entire episode so far. So this is a nice little choose your own adventure. Um, no, no, no. Oh, wait, no. Yeah. So this is the ninth week, but it's it's the eighth week if you take out the um, 
all-star game whatever that's just semantics that's what it, whatever well don't don't sue me because i can't afford a lawyer but sue me um but out of all these games so far there have only and that's including the um the all-star game there have only been five games that have been decided by more than two goals so those are some stats for all you nerds back at home five games out of out of all of them so far so there's been like 25 games and so 20 of them have been decided by either two or one goals so far like that's fucking wild so again like that that's the thing it's like why why would we even pretend to like give a prediction about any of these games when what 80% of them are going to come down to just a goal or two so you know, it's, it's all about working smarter, not harder. Um, so the, the smart thing to do here would just be like, hey, it's going to be six teams are playing lacrosse this weekend. Three of them are going to win. Three of them are going to lose. I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens at the end. Um, you know what? That, that actually, though, it brings me to another point before we get into the third game of the weekend, the Sunday matchup um, between the uh, the fucking – archers and the atli the the playoff scenarios so there there are a lot of playoff scenarios that are now being talked about in the you know because i think um i I guess the the whip snakes and the chaos i believe are like the two where it's like if they win then they're like in the playoffs but it's like playoff implications across the board in all sports just melt my brain it's 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 one of the things about being a sports fan that is like it's one of the things that i have to tap out on like i love watching the games i want to see some slick goals i want to see some big hits i you know i want to i want to hear an occasional cuss word on the broadcast like that's the kind of shit that i like you know hearing the boys cuss and it's like oh like that that was kind of nice once you start talking about like playoff scenarios where it's like team x has to win so-and-so amount of games but team y needs to like lose this game but then they also need to win that game and then they control their own destiny but if the other team ends up winning that game but loses the other game then this team gets into the playoffs like once it gets into like like you're doing like a fucking like sudoku puzzle (coughs) that's where i'm at yeah i mean the appeal when the pll posted that uh they absolutely lost me um i'm I'm gonna be honest uh if anything has more than like 10 to 12 words in it on the internet. I'm just, I'm not reading it. Uh, you know, all these people, especially on Twitter, like they go out of their way to like these, to write these really like crafty jokes with like huge punchlines and things like that. And I just don't read them. You know, I, I, I can't, my brain, you know, my brain doesn't, doesn't work like that. I like highlights, um, and, and, and numbers. I can do plenty of numbers. I can do numbers all day. I'm like fucking rain man over here. But like, you know, when you, when you start, start talking playoff scenarios to me, um, I don't care. Uh, and, and it's cool for the players. Like, the, you know, it, maybe, maybe you're on a team that's, uh, that's a little bit behind and, you know, they really need to push through to win, to, uh, to make a name and, and to actually get a good spot in the playoffs. Like, you know, maybe like the Redwoods. I'm sure that the, that the Redwoods are out there, are going to be out there this weekend against the chaos. Like they want one. They absolutely want one. Um, like it lower down the scale on, on guys who, you know, on teams who are like really need to be in there, like the archers and the Chrome, like they're very concerned with the playoff picture, right? If you're an archers fan, if you're a Chrome fan, like you're in there, you've got, you know, your head spinning, like 
Allen in the hangover, like playing poker. Like that's exactly what you're looking at. Like when, whenever you're, you know, watching these games and stuff like that, you're like, Oh my God, I need the score differential for this game to be like this. I'm sure you've got, you know, it's all like, uh, you know, like Charlie from, uh, um, Oh yeah. Karen, Karen from always sunny. No, Karen. Exactly. So like he's in a chain smoking cigarettes, like your eyes are all bloodshot. Like you want this, you know, but for guys like me, more than 12 words, you're losing me. Sorry. Yeah, and, and it's not even, it's not a PLL thing. It's like across the board yeah. on all sport. Like actually the PLL playoff implications are probably like the easiest to follow just because there's only 16. Yeah. It's like, it's like, like once you get into like September and like the baseball nerds start coming out and they're talking about like, how many get like as as soon as you start making like spreadsheets in Excel about like who needs to win what and like what the differentials need to be like that's the part where I'm like I don't I don't know if I'm if I'm cut out for this whole sports fandom thing like I I thought we were all just sitting on a couch drinking beer watching games and all of a sudden like I feel like I need a, a degree to like figure out what you guys are talking about um but so there are playoff implications on the line this week and um I guess we'll figure out if they mean anything at the end of the weekend. That's, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, and, and the weekend will be closing out with the archers and the atlas. So the archers, they finally, it was, it was getting a little bumpy there for the arrows. They, uh, they lost four straight after winning their first two games of the season. Um, and they will be playing against Pauly Rabe's, and the Atlas. This is a rematch of the Atlanta week, uh, the Hot Atlanta week, I believe. And it oh was God. a <laughs> that's a that's a callback. It's, you know, it's just what we do here in the biz. But that was a thirteen to twelve win for the Atlas. So this was in the heat of the Archers' losing streak. Um, so you know, they finally got that that monkey off their back after getting that win against the Chrome last week. It was blowing my mind that that this team was losing at the pace that they were with the players that they have, especially offensively. Um, and then and then we'll see what happens with uh you know because again Will Manny Marcus Holman like that right there is a tandem that cannot be stopped. Uh, and then when you have Tom Schreiber out there just doing whatever it is that Tom Schreiber does that no one else can even think about. Um, it just didn't make sense that this team was, was losing four straight in a row. Um, I think, I think that that win was all that they really needed last week to be like, all right, there we go. Like reset button has been hit. Now we're ready to just dunk on fools 24 seven. Um, and then it'll be interesting to see if, uh, you know, if, if a guy like Joey Sankey, finds himself in the lineup there to be that third attackman to go with Holman and Manny. Um, you know, it, it didn't go for him uh, the, the other week in, um, in Denver, but you know, I, I guess we'll wait and see. Well, you know, by the time that you're listening to this podcast right now on Friday or maybe like Saturday morning, you probably know who's in the lineup or not. Um, but if he finds his way into the lineup, that is a crafty, crafty attack lineup that, um, you know, I, I, I just, the, the Atlas defense, they're, I mean, they're absolute behemoths of men, Tucker Durkin and Kyle Hartzell and, and you know, Callum Robbins, but I, I feel like that attack lineup is too crafty for just proof. So, you know what, to go back to that Twitter question, it's like, yeah, I, I guess maybe five, five is not the ideal height. Um, but if, 
you know, if you're super fucking crafty and, you know, you can get away with just, uh, you know, not getting hit by, by monsters like, uh, by monsters like Tucker Durkin, then I, I, you know, I think you're good to go. You know, I'm almost disappointed in the PLL for not being, for not putting out the, um, these teams. I'm not almost disappointed in them for, in them for not putting out, uh, their lineups because like, that's, you know, that's, that's kind of, you know, some activations uh, here and there and some trades. I mean, uh, we need to know if Greg Runlian is going to be able to, get, to play because that's huge because that means it's, you know, J- our, our noted friend of the pod recurring guest, Jerry, um, will be going against Bones Kelly. Like, that's a really good matchup. Um, Jerry's super strong and he's really good. Um, so is Bones Kelly. So, um, I mean, <laughs> you know, we, I mean, we saw Jojo Morasco play last week. Um, sorry, two weeks ago, uh, he did great. And then we also need to see where Joey Sankey's going to fit into the lineup and, um, on the archers, you know, it, it is, is he the, is he the, the coveted third attackman that they've been looking for? Um, or do they do something like, um, do they, do they start something like, uh, I believe it is the Redwoods who only dresses to it to quote unquote attackman and they rotate, um, the, the entire game, uh, you know, do, do the archers move to something like that and keep Will Manny and Marcus Holman in the entire time, maybe dress some attack mid guys and just rotate them through that third spot, the entire game. Who knows? Uh, I'm, I'm certainly not a coach, uh, in the PLL, although, you know, if any opportunities are available, I I'm available. Um, you know, I feel like, you know, my, my lacrosse knowledge is, you know, respectable and whatnot, but, um, I'm just glad to have the PLL back, man. It felt, you know, the, the bye week was, I know the players need some rest, but like, come on, I need something. I needed something, you know, I, I'm like the cookie monster needed another fucking cookie or something. I mean, that's what I feel like, but I'm glad they're back. Yeah. People don't really uh, talk about enough that like Sesame street, they just had a, a junkie on the show. Yeah. Like, it's like, come on, man. Like we know he's not like, it, cookies is code for cocaine, heroin. So be it. Like they're they're just Sesame Street's out there just just peddling this fucking this yeah, addict, was, was this addict out around. there to, to kids. And it's like these kids are like, oh, like that's I want to be Cookie Monster one day. I want to be hooked on something that I don't have any control over. It's just like my body needs it, and I'm willing to like destroy my entire life and the, and the lives of the ones that I love around me just to get a hit of a cookie. So Sesame street, we're on to you. Yeah. It was a, it was a Dave Chappelle bit uh, about Sesame street. Really, really. That's one of the best, not to go off on a tangent here, but that's one of the fucking best standups ever. Anyway. Well, uh, the good news is we've got PLL across this weekend and we've, we only have one more bye week um, for the, for the rest of the year. So, you know, a couple more games here in the regular season then a bye right before the playoffs. And then it is Columbus, New York, and a crown will be placed on a champion in Philadelphia on September 21st. So, uh, you know, listen, it's, it's, it's August 6th right now. It's August 9th, I guess, when you're listening to this. So it, it's flying by here. It's kind of crazy to think, uh, you know, this is, you know, we've got August and September left and then it's, uh, you know, then we get right into like fall ball and shit like that. And then, you know, the, the, uh, you know, we'll have the, 
the worlds for the indoors and then we'll have the NLL starting up. So, you know, lacrosse has become a, you know, a year round sport, um, for shit to talk about, but you know, this first season of the PLL, it's, it's, there's not a lot left to it. So, um, enjoy it. We've got three great games this weekend. Uh, so again, you know what? Fuck Pacific time zone. I'm I'm just going to save this all in Eastern. So it is Saturday at 4 PM Eastern. Uh, we've got the Redwoods taking on the chouse, the chaos. Uh, and then at 7 PM Eastern, we've got the whip snakes and the Chrome and then Sunday, this is the game that is on NBC Sports Network at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. It is the Atli and the Archers. If you want a prediction, three teams are going to win, and it's probably going to be by a total of three or four goals. So there you have it. Um, make sure, again, you are following us on Twitter and Instagram. That is at the Crease Dive. If you're not following us already, I don't know what you're doing, uh, but do us a favor. Maybe tell some friends, family, and enemies to follow us as well. Let's try to get those numbers up a little bit. Uh, so we will have you covered all things PLL. We will have you covered all things Lake Placid, Summit Classic. Um, so busy week of lacrosse. Get a stick in your hand. Get a beer in the other. And let's keep it low to high to the day we die. We There's a hole in my energy. It's blurring out my sanity. Present does
lá 